Welcome to Opening Stage VGH, the video game history podcast for everyone. I'm your host, Dean Beaver. I am once again joined by my lovely wife, Meredith. Woo! Yeah. (laughs) We have our first return guest on the podcast today. Uh, It's my older brother, Gene Beaver. Gene, thank you so much. Hey, thank you. I'm glad uh, you invited me again. So normally we ask people to introduce themselves in a tweet, uh, but we've already really done that with you. So we're not going to do it again. I mean, things might have changed in his life. You never know. Yeah, the last time we had you on an episode was on the in the before times, and I think (laughs) you have a different job now. So well, yeah, yeah, no, (laughs) things have changed with the old Corona. Yep. Yeah, but no, Uh, I'm doing good. Good. Well, what games are you playing nowadays? Well, I have I'm backed up like a lot. <laughs> um, you gotta get more fiber in your diet. I just got it. Well, <laughs> not that way. <laughs> um, last Black Friday, I bought like seven different games. So I still haven't played Red Dead Redemption Two. I haven't played Resident Evil Eight, which I got a Stadia for and have played it for approximately 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, right. I got Spider-Man Miles Morales. I got played that for 10 minutes. Uh, the big one that you're going to hate, Dean, is I just bought Metroid Dread, and I played that for 10 minutes. <laughs> and yeah, then I I'm... bought... No, it's just... it's I'm too busy. I got That's you. the biggest thing right now. It's just like I've got so much stuff going on. Where I'm just like, hey, I gotta do this. Hey, I gotta do this. Like, with my Switch, the game that's gotten the most playtime on my Switch since I got it is Super Punch-Out. All right. I I play that constantly. Because, mostly because it's like, you can break it down and I could beat the whole game in half an hour. (laughs) Yeah. It's a pretty, it's a pretty quick playthrough, especially if yeah. you know what you're doing, which yeah. I don't. And, oh, I, I totally do. I can beat Piston Hurricane in eight seconds. Nice. <laughs> so, but that's pretty much that. And I've been playing a lot of Tony Hawk because I got that for my PS4, and I also have it for my Switch. Nice. Which I thought was a mistake buying both versions, but at the same time, then I was like. I can play this wherever I want to go. <laughs> I get that. I, um, I still can't. I still can't get past the fucking school. <laughs> me Fun fact about Tony Hawk: Twitch streamers just can't play that game because of all of the music. Mm-hmm. All of the music is licensed oh, yeah, for the game. Yeah, it's all, it's all get in trouble. Yeah, so or, they'll get hit with like DMCA's and stuff like yeah. that. I do think it's the it's funny that the remastered they kept a lot of the original music, but there's just some that they couldn't get back. Yeah. So, but that was one of the biggest things when it first came out that I liked a lot because I discovered a lot of bands on there. Like I don't know if you've ever heard Body Jar, but they're I've a heard band the name. Hot. They had a song on like one or I think it was maybe Tony Hawk Three. They're an Australian punk band. And I would have never heard about them if I hadn't played that game. And now I like them a lot. Like I've, I've downloaded all their albums on Apple Music, and I, I really dig them. Like nice. I'm, I'm uh, kind of trying to like if uh, Riot Fest ever takes fan suggestions on bands to bring in, that's going to be one of my top ones. That was Del the Funky Homo Sapien for me. Yeah, um, Deltron Thirty yeah. Thirty. Mm-hmm. He was, he was on a kids show. What? It was, I, 
there was something on Nickelodeon I was watching, and they're like, hey, it's Beltron. And then he started rapping, and I was like, why is, why is Beltron 3030 on a Nickelodeon animated TV show? Blues this, Clues or something? I don't it's remember my- what it, 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 it might have been like Dora the Explorer or something like that. Like, it was just, it blew my mind. I was, there's no way this is actually happening. That's Some basically. Just- Sometimes you just gotta go where the money is. So, one game that you mentioned earlier, Meredith, I think you would really like uh, Red Dead Redemption. It's all about cowboys. I do like cowboys. The first one was fantastic. That's what I played when I was in Iowa for a month. Nice. I like (laughs) swashbuckling in general. Like Assassin's Creed? I'm your Huckleberry. The cool thing about Assassin's Creed is, like, all of the missions are based on, like, real-life murders. Mm Mm-hmm. Meredith, in the game you play as an assassin and you have to, like, kill people and you get I don't know if I will like to be an assassin. I don't like killing people. You should uh, do, like, a Katamari Damacy or something. I think you'd like that. I play. I started playing that. Have you that. ever heard of that? No. I started playing that when she was around and uh, she was like, what the hell is going on? Like, it was that game. Do you remember that game? <laughs> I was... <laughs> Do you remember that game I was playing where you were the like the little elf dude rolling the ball around the house picking up things? Like the the, the dumb one? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I don't well, think it's really that dumb, but I mean, uh, we're all entitled to our opinion. I just remember, like is that the really dumb one that looks like a child's game? Well, uh, it is a child's game, so yes. It's kind of, I, I don't know. I've never played it. I've tried to play it like once and then I wandered off somewhere like i normally do it was just it just I, it was japanese right yeah i knew it was japanese because well, i was like this well, is crazy man most like, like you are. roll a sticky ball around <laughs> yeah like, that it, one yeah yeah that was just ridiculous man uh, how could katamari damasi be japanese <laughs> i don't remember uh, the names of things but i remember in the original red dead revolver um, oh, I love that game. I love that game. The original I, Red Dead Revolver, it had a multiplayer where you could go around and like shoot at each other. But one of the characters you could play as just had a barrel on. Oh, is that the hog guy? All I all I remember is that when you highlight him, he goes, Hey, ain't you ever seen a man in a barrel before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looked like it. I remember that. That was a fun level. <laughs> I think the first one. Yeah, the first one. It was Red Dead Revolver, and then it... I'm at the the first boss. Oh, okay. That one. If you play through the, like, campaign instead of just... The multiplayer. Yeah. Hey, did you see that they released, uh, or they're gonna release next month, the uh, Grand Theft Auto Trilogy remaster? I did see that. I hate Grand Theft Auto. We all have our problems. I, I hate it. Like, I've hated it since its inception. I think it's just horrible. I mean, I'm not a fan of, like, wanton killing, but... Like, wanton. Wanton? That's <laughs> wanton. Like, hey, I'll kill some wantons! <laughs> I'm a fan of killing a Chinese appetizer. <laughs> right. With some cream cheese. <laughs> oh, that for me. Wonton <laughs> <A> killing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I'm gonna have to keep that in now. But uh, 
As far Long as the Grand Theft killing. <laughs> as far as the Grand I feel Theft... like I feel like we should have a march for all the Wakans <laughs> that were ruthlessly slaughtered by Dean. <laughs> How many wontons have you slaughtered, Dean? Do you remember every crumb, crumb of bread you've ever eaten? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, the GTA trilogy is coming out, which means Vice City, which means I get to drive around in a Ferrari and listen to Hall Notes. <laughs> I was going to say, excited about. I was going to say, Meredith, like, I'm not a huge fan of the GTA games, but I do appreciate their attention to atmosphere. Vice City has, like, a really cool 80s Miami Vice vibe to it. Okay. And um, it, it's, it has Ray Liotta doing voice acting and Burt Reynolds before yeah, he they, passed. Yeah, they do get a lot of really good names. I think Miss Cleo did a voice for one of the games, too. She was in Vice City. Okay. She was, like, the head of the Haitian gang. Nice. Which uh, one? Maybe we should get back on track. And uh, what's uh, t the topic of this uh, conversation that we're having there, Dean? Well, I'll go ahead and uh, get started. Gene, you know the drill by this point. If you have any questions, feel free to stop me. Um, I'll just read. I'm just reading from my thing, so feel free to interrupt. Okay. Okay. All right. I still don't know what we're talking about. That's how. <laughs> that's the point. That's how the <laughs> podcast works. <laughs> All right. All right. That was Sweet. creepy. We just did that the same way at the same time. It's almost like you're related. <laughs> yeah, almost. Sweet Home is a Japanese horror film. Written uh, I know what we're talking about. <laughs> that didn't take long. <laughs> uh, Sweet Home is a Japanese horror film written and directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa and released on January 21st, 1989. The film follows a You small... were two. Yeah, I was. How old was Gene? Nine? Actually, I was a little past one. Gene would have been a little after seven. Eh, maybe eight. January of 89. Oh, you would have been almost eight. Yeah. The film follows a small film crew who visits an abandoned mansion that once belonged to famous artist Ichiro Mamiya, who left several valuable frescoes before disappearing mysteriously 30 years ago. The crew consists of five people, director Kazuo Hoshino, his daughter, Emmy, photographer Ryo Taguchi, producer Akiko Hayakawa, and reporter Asuka. As the crew explores the mansion, they are besieged by paranormal events. They learn that the mansion is haunted by the poltergeist of Lady Mamiya, the wife of the artist who lost her son tragically when he crawled into a furnace. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Voluntarily? No, he fell into Oh, you said crawled into. Well, yeah, he's like one. He doesn't have a adult brain. Who leaves furnaces <laughs> open for children when there's a one-year-old crawling around? Uh, it sounds like neglect. Seen, you should have seen the old furnace that we had at the house before mom and dad. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, that thing was that thing. <laughs> that was, was, it was like it was like a Freddy Krueger furnace. You could have. Fit. Could you have? Could you have crawled into it? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> would Would you have? No. I'm pretty sure mom and dad were like, don't touch that. Okay. I feel but like, I just feel like this is, I feel like this is suspect. That's what I'm saying. So he crawled into a furnace. Right. Okay. Uh, Lady Mamiya was horribly disfigured in the effort to save her son, which led to her descent into insanity. She was pretty hot beforehand, but then she got less hot. Because she was burned? Yeah. 
She oh, was I thought hot she got after a lot, she got really hot. Okay. More hot. Hang on. She was hot. Hang on. She got really hot and then she was less hot. Hang on. The furnace was on? Yeah. The kid crawled into an on furnace? Yeah. All right. I don't know a lot about furnaces, but I know that you put one hand on it, it burns you, you back away. Maybe it was human a dumb nature. kid. I mean, no, this is, this is not being dumb. This is forcing yourself past excruciating pain. It's like a suicide mission. One-year-olds don't usually do that. I feel like someone could throw the kid in, then turn the furnace on, or the furnace could be on someone, throw the kid in. Then she comes in and gets disfigured, burning, and trying to rescue the kid. But like, even if he climbed in before it was on and then it turned on, I feel like it's not hot enough to completely just, dis- maybe I'm thinking too hard about this, <laughs> I but think it is you are. disturbing. As Lady Mamiya slipped slowly into madness, she began slowly. She began killing children and okay. trespassers in an attempt to give her son playmates. Oh my god. When caught by the nearby villagers, she threw herself into the same incinerator committing suicide. Her vengeful soul remains in the mansion killing anyone who dares enter. The fate of her husband is unknown, but it can be reasonably assumed that he fell victim to Lady Mamiya's decline. Okay, going I don't back, like this. Going back to the film crew, Asuka is possessed by Lady Mamiya and kills Taguchi. Overcome with emotion, Asuka fails to notice an axe heading straight for her forehead. Kazuha, Emi, and Akiko, however, find the makeshift grave of Lady Mamiya's son. Lady Mamiya attempts to lure Emmy into the incinerator, as she did with her other victims. But Akiko impersonates Emmy's deceased mother and calls her to safety. After throwing the remains of the son into the incinerator, Lady Mamiya and her son's souls are freed from haunting the mansion, and it crumbles as the three escape. I believe this is bullshit. This cannon is does not hold water. The kid was already dead. Yeah. According to this thing, his soul, like, why would his soul be, like, tortured in something unless someone put him in the incinerator? But how does throwing his bones in the incinerator free his soul? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the rules. I mean, it's a summary, so I may have skipped over some nuance. The rules of this world are suspect. The story is flimsy. You want to watch the movie? It's free. No. I looked it up. No. I do. (laughs) Gene can watch it. The video game adaptation of Sweet Home was released as a role-playing game on December 15th. Why would you make a video game adaptation of this? Because people in Japan probably loved it. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, I know where he's going with this. Okay. The player controls the five-person film crew as they explore the Mamiya mansion, restore and photograph Mamiya's frescoes, and battle the demons within. While not a smashing success with critics of the time, Gee, did, I wonder why. it did manage to earn a Critics' Choice Award and laid the foundation for what was to become the survival horror genre of video games. What was the award for? I don't know. The music's pretty good. Being awesome. <laughs> I want to know what the award was for. I think it's just a Critics' Choice Award. They were like, yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. Each party member comes equipped with their own distinctive item to help the party progress through the mansion. Kazuo holds a lighter, which can burn things in their path and light dark rooms, while Akiko can cure various status ailments with her remedy. While the party can pick up various items along the way, they can only carry two additional items and a weapon. 
forcing the player to decide what's necessary to carry. I like that. That's like real life. I, I like get annoyed with all these games where you can carry like a bajillion weapons. It's like, where are you putting them in a pocket realm and summoning them as you need? If that's the rules of your world, fine. But otherwise, it makes no sense. You wouldn't like You've Zelda, obviously though. never played a Leisure Suit Larry game. <laughs> I have seen Leisure Suit Larry, but I was very young. They make that a joke where he's just like, he, he'll put like a cactus in his pocket. <laughs> that's funny. Is there cactus in your pocket or are you just <laughs> happy to see me? I have played Tetris and Blaster Ball. Those are all the games that I have played. I don't know what Blaster Ball is. It was a computer game. It was like one of those early 90s computer games. Apparently. It was not early 90s. It was like early thous, early noughts. Er, aughts. Aughts, aughts, not noughts. Aughts, aughts suggests like an eight to me. <laughs> Furthermore, the game features permadeath. Okay. If a, if a member of your party falls in battle or is killed by a quick time event, that character is permanently dead and cannot be revived. Oh, like life. Their special item appears next to their corpse and must be used by other party me- or other members of the party. Upon completion of the game, the player receives a different ending, depending on the number of party members that survive. Like life. The Sweet Home game was directed by Tokura Fujiwara. Before developing console games, he was primarily focused on arcade games, such as Ghosts and Goblins. As the game was being developed at the same time the film was being shot, Fujiwara was able to visit the sets and gather ideas based on that. Kurosawa, the film's director, served as producer and supervisor of the game and told Fujiwara not to follow the plot of the movie too closely. Because it sucks. Some of Fujiwara's... (laughs) (laughs) This is what I'm here for. Some of Fujiwara's (laughs) ideas were left out of the game as they did not fit the atmosphere of the film. And the narrative of the game ended up slightly different from that of the film. That's good. For example, in the game, the party is periodically assisted by a groundskeeper named Yamamura. He sacrifices himself to dispel a barrier to Lady Mamiya's final sanctum. Only after defeating Lady Mamiya do we learn that Yamamura is actually Ichiro Mamiya, the artist. So the artist like stayed in the mansion where his wife, his dead wife was haunting. And he gave his life so that his wife's ghost could be destroyed. So that's in the game or in the movie? That's in the game. That's not in the movie. Okay. I was going to say, that's actually like a cool plot point. So obviously the game's better than the movie. In 1993, Fujiwara was called upon to create a remake of the game for the upcoming Sony PlayStation. He served as producer while Shinji Mikami served as director. That's the name I was waiting for. Fujiwara wanted to do... Shinji Mikami! <laughs> I was going to say, like, why are Japanese names so cool? Because Fujiwara wanted to better do... than us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> naming. Fujiwara wanted to do with the remake what he couldn't do in the original, mainly on the graphics front. Unfortunately, as Capcom no longer had the rights to the Sweet Home license, they were forced to create a new storyline and the premise for what was known in America as Resident Evil was born. Oh, goodness. Biohazard in Japan. Yeah. Gene, you, right. uh, you really, really like this game. Why don't you talk about it for a little bit? Which one? Let's just start. Let's stick to the first one. Okay. So I like horror movies a lot. My favorite horror movies are all done by John Carpenter. 
and uh, George Romero. So I was going to say, John, I thought you were a Romero guy. John Carpenter did the first Halloween. He did Escape from New York. He did Big Trouble in Little China. He did The Thing remake, which is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my life. George Romero did all of the Living Dead movies. So Night of the Living Dead, which I actually, uh, when I was in college, I did a report on that and I got an A. I had to make a PowerPoint about it. <laughs> <laughs> as far as atmosphere and shock scares and suspense, the first Resident Evil is one of the best games ever made, only topped, I think, by Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Resident Evil 2 is a lot. That, that's a fucking trip. Is the best way I can describe it. I just want to go on record here and let the listening audience know that I hate horror. Well, play Resident Evil 2. No. <laughs> I do not like being scared. I don't want to seek it out. It's you. Uh, uh, that Okay. I have lots of friends who love horror. So like nothing against the people who like it. There's something <clears> for everybody. But I do not like it. Uh, fair enough. You uh. can play Katamari Damasi. <laughs> no <laughs> i have books very happy with my books no okay but what i will say about the first resident evil that really i remember playing it this is okay there's a, a scene at the very beginning the first zombie that you stumble upon you're walking down a long hallway mm. and it's all fixed camera angles so you can't see around corners and stuff a lot it seems of like it, it would be a good thing for horror you turn the corner and you see this zombie eating a guy. Ah! And you hear like... Ah! And then it's a cutscene where all you see is the zombie turn his head. And then it cuts to actual gameplay and he starts standing up. The first time I played it, I got it on PC. And for some reason, we had our computer on the kitchen table at our house at the time. And I, I was playing that. And I don't know if dad just had perfect timing or what, <laughs> but it was crunch, crunch, turning the head of the zombie. And he shut all the lights off downstairs. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I see this zombie turn his head and then all the lights off. And I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> but uh, Resident Evil also has one of the most iconic jump scares in a video game that I, you're walking down a hall uh, this is right at the beginning of the game and you're walking down a hallway and zombie dobermans jump through the windows and yeah. chase after you and you don't expect it at all it's a, it's one of the scariest things the whole the whole thing about it is in resident evil is when you clear a room of zombies like they don't come back and you've gone through this this specific hallway like three or four times by this point to get where you need to. And the fact you're used to there not being zombies in a room that you've cleared out by this point, And that's finally at like this point that these dogs jump through the windows and you're like, nah, I can appreciate good setups. I remember when you were playing resident evil on the kitchen counter or the kitchen table. And the funny thing to me was that we didn't have the right graphics card in the computer for the, for the game. So when you shoot a zombie in the game, there's like a spurt of blood uh -huh. flies out, but we didn't have the right graphics card. So instead of red, it was white. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, white, white blood could be a zombie thing. I don't know. It's like Mortal Kombat when they replaced the uh, blood with sweat for the Super <laughs> Nintendo. 
Yeah. I remember that episode. We talked about that on a previous episode. With with Charles. I just remember talking to mom and being like, well, it's not blood, so we can watch it, right? And I'm like eight at the time. <laughs> a series of bizarre murders on the outskirts of Raccoon City. Leads Raccoon to- City? I think the City. I think the game is either supposed to be in like the Pacific Northwest or like in the Midwest. It's Rocky supposed to be like Raccoon. in Pen- like Pennsylvania. Room. If I remember correctly. Only to find Gideon's Bible. Beatles, anyone? Anyone? Never mind. Yeah, the, the Beatles. I'm going to ignore it. <laughs> So, a series of bizarre murders in the outskirts of Raccoon City leads to an investigation by the Raccoon Police Department's Special Tactics and Rescue Service, or STARS. Mm. After communication is lost with STARS Bravo team, the Alpha team is sent in. The player assumes control of one of two Alpha team members, either Chris Redfield or Jill Valentine, as they seek shelter with teammates Albert Wesker and Barry Burton in an abandoned mansion from an attack by a monstrous dog. I don't okay. Think- yeah, there's a lot of that going on in that game. Dobermans, but- like, got a bad rap in the 80s. They did, yeah. Same thing happened to Pitbulls in the 90s. Or the Nows? Yeah, that, are- that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> While exploring the mansion for safety, the player quickly learns that the mansion is anything but. Mm-hmm. The, the undead occupants of the mansion roam the halls among other dangerous creatures. The player slowly learns through various documents and character interaction that a series of illegal experiments has been performed by a research team occupying the mansion. The player eventually finds Enrico, the leader of Bravo Team, who states that a member of Alpha Team is a traitor before being shot by an unknown assailant. So the Bravo Team was already in there. Yeah. Yep. They lost contact with them. Yep. So we got And there's zombies them. in there. Mm-hmm. But the Bravo, but why did they lose contact? Like, couldn't they leave the mansion and make contact? Uh, they got, the, Bra- the Bravo team they, couldn't because they, they don't were all, got eight. But what about eight. the member who told them someone was bad? Uh, he was in the process of getting eight. There's a few people that you, that you run into and they're like, oh, I'm severely injured. Here, take this serum. It'll help you if you have to fight the giant snake boss. Uh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's fine. Well, that's go ahead. Interesting household. Okay. Right. About it. All right. Go ahead. Yeah, it's fine. Continue. Yeah. It's fine. The player later finds out that the research team was employed by the giant pharmaceutical corporation Umbrella. The, exper- okay. <laughs> the experiments result in the creation of the T virus a mutagenic agent which results in the zombies and brutal creatures roaming the mansion's halls. Yeah, okay. After infiltrating a secret lab beneath the mansion, the player is confronted by Wesker, leader of the Star's Alpha Team, who reveals that he's been working as a double agent for Umbrella all along. When will research teams stop creating zombie viruses? (laughs) I mean, I don't even Uh, like horror, and I know that's a trope. Good old Umbrella. Wesker Real releases the Tyrant, a bioweapon super soldier and Umbrella's finest creation. Okay. The Tyrant quickly turns on Wesker and faces the player. 
After the player activates the lab's self-destruct mechanism and hails a rescue copter, the tyrant reappears for one final battle. The game ends in one Is the of tyrant four- a zombie? Uh, it's like the ultimate zombie. Yeah. Why are they creating zombies? I don't know. So that they it's can a become fictional. <laughs> I think or, it's or because I think it's on because- world domination. That's all. Yeah. I, guess, I guess I'm asking too much. Why? Why does anybody create zombies? I mean, I hate zombies. I'm not into them at all. The game ends in one of four ways, depending on who the player plays as and how many other teammates you manage to save. I only beat the first one once, and I played as Jill. Yeah. And uh, I did not save Chris. (laughs) So he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) That presents a problem for the rest of the continuity of the series. Yeah, pretty much. But you know what the funniest, one of the best things about the Resident Evil games, I don't mean to interrupt you, but when you have a game over, it just says, you are dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like bloody dripping letters. Yeah, it's the greatest death scene ever in a game. As the project initially began as a remake of Sweet Home, several gameplay mechanics showed up in Resident Evil, Mm -hmm. including limited item inventory management, Individual character items, such as a lockpick or lighter. I mean, I like those things. The setting of an intricately designed mansion. Various puzzles to be solved by finding certain items and backtracking to previously explored areas of said mansion. An animation of a door opening to mask the game loading the next area. The use of scattered notes and diary entries to tell a bulk of the game's story. Brutal, horrific imagery. And multiple endings depending on the character's actions. But no furnace. No furnace. That and I, no weak children story. There's a child no, in that's the, Silent Hill. The game went through a number of drastic changes during production. Shinji Mikami, the game's director, was initially reluctant to helm the project as he hated, quote, feeling scared, end quote. However, Fujiwara wanted him because he, quote, understood what's frightening, end quote. The game was initially made using a first-person perspective in an attempt to fully immerse the player. This proved too taxing on the PlayStation's hardware, so the game was switched to a third-person perspective with pre-rendered backgrounds. So the thing that Gene was talking earlier about how uh, you see it's it's kind of shot with fixed camera angles, and if you go a little further down the hall, it switches to another shot, kind of. The whole game acts like that. So it's a little jarring. You could like run down a hall and then unexpectedly like run into a zombie. I wouldn't like that. Also, the English version of the game was made harder so that the game could be rented and not completed during the rental time. Clever. You'd have to buy it. Though the game was completed, the higher ups at Capcom did not expect the game to be successful, much less launch the multimedia franchise it eventually did. It was initially expected to sell 200,000 units to a core audience before ultimately selling 5.3 million. Hmm. So that is the story of Sweet Home and the birth of the Resident Evil franchise. Good game. Yeah. Happy Uh, Halloween, I guess. And also, uh, the best thing about it is it gave birth to the best line, (laughs) best audio voiceover line in any video game which chill 
you were almost a jibble sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll play a clip for you later, Meredith. But what oh, happens... it's not necessary. Oh, I'll... <laughs> oh, I'll do it. Uh, what happens is you go into one room and you grab a shotgun, and it clearly activates a mechanism. So you exit the room and you get locked in this other room that has a gradually uh, descending ceiling and it's going to crush you if you don't get out. Mm -hmm. And your friend, Barry, finds you just in the nick of time and he's like, get away from the door, Jill! I'm going to break it down! So he kicks open the door and they get into the hallway and the ceiling closes with a giant thud and Barry turns to Jill and goes that was close! You were almost a Jill sandwich! (sighs) Wow. It's it's the dumbest line. Okay, as great of a game as Resident Evil is, the voice acting is fucking horrendous. I feel like that is par for the course in a lot of earlier video games. It's so bad. It was so bad. It was during this time. It was during this time where uh, they were first starting to add voice acting to video games. Mm -hmm. The thing about it, especially on Capcom's front is Capcom used members of their Japanese office that could speak English. Ah. Uh. So, like, these were, like, account managers and, and like, graphical artists that didn't really have a whole lot of experience in acting. Right. Okay, I get it. Gene, I'm That's gonna... a, see, that was an interesting bit of history. Gene, I'm going to play the uh, a clip for you at some point, but it's a clip from Mega Man X4. When your play is zero and you basically have to like fight your love interest, kind of. Uh, there's this scene that's where a he nice kind trope. Of, there's a scene Lovers where he, to enemies. Yeah. And there's a scene where he's kind of freaking out about it, but it's seriously something like, "Why am I doing this? I can't even handle what I'm doing now. What am I fighting for?" What's the uh, the first thing that like if you're playing with if you're playing as Jill, Barry is like, we need to search this mansion. <laughs> Jill, why don't you go to that hallway by yourself? Yeah. It's like, it's something ridiculous. Like, it, at one point, he gives you a, a lockpick set, and he's like, I figure you... You're the master the, of unlocking. <laughs> the master of unlocking can do something <laughs> with this. So It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. But it's so funny. Definitely improved on Resident Evil 2, though. Like, it's not nearly as bad. But when by the time you get to like Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 4 has got some weird ones. Resident Evil 4 is going to be its own episode probably at some point. Yeah. But anyway, that's about all the time we have for today. Gene, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank um, you for having me. If you want to get a con- into contact with us, there's a number of ways you could do that. Uh, you can send us an email at openingstagevgh at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Opening Stage VGH. Uh, we can find us on Twitter, at Stage VGH. And uh, that's about it. But uh, Gene, thank you so much. Uh, Meredith, do you have anything that you want to plug? Um, not nothing new. Just my blog, and I'll just say Happy Halloween to everybody. Gene, do you have anything that you want to plug? Uh, milk is good from Costco. I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but not when it's coming out of zombies. Not when it's coming out of zombies. <laughs> also, yeah. 
everybody should uh, watch more horror movies, especially in the next nine days or so. <laughs> I don't know when this is coming out. But, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and put it out before Halloween, given the subject matter. But Halloween is the time for horror movies, so watch some horror movies and uh, play some horror video games. Probably, maybe some of the Resident Evil games. And you're never too old to trick or treat. There you go. All right. Anyway, this has been Opening Stage VGH, the video game history podcast for everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good one. Bye. Happy Halloween.